The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 299. I'm Jimmy Kempsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowden of Bleeding Green Nation, coming to you in the aftermath of the Philadelphia Eagles' uh, 40-34, to I think, loss to the Dallas Cowboys on Christmas Eve. Some injuries came up in that game. Not great. We'll get to all that um, and more. But first... I would like to know where I can find the finest meat the finest meat snacks in the land. Well, Jimmy, if the Eagles had only snacked on more righteous felon craft turkey, they probably would have beaten the Cowboys mm-hmm. and not turned the ball over so much. Um, although maybe, in fairness, they were thinking about righteous felon craft turkey when they did do the turnovers. They're like, "Man, it's so good!" Oh no, I threw an interception. Um, <laughs> oh no, I I didn't I didn't get the handoff yeah. cleanly. Uh, so righteous <laughs> discount code BGN twenty for twenty percent off your order. Of course, of course, I was just kidding. Righteous Selling would never be associated with any Eagles turnovers. Only good things associated with the Eagles. Righteous discount code BGN twenty for twenty percent off your order, Jimmy. It's been a bit of a weird after mm, Maryland Monroe. Oh, oh, I just ran a horrible route. Oops. <laughs> um, a weird aftermath coming out of this game uh, for many different reasons, including the timing of it being on Christmas Eve. And to me, and we'll get into the game a bit later after we get into the injury news, but as a kind of just general statement at the top, I feel like this might be one of the most like gaslighting Eagles performances of all time, especially in a loss. Um, hmm. What do you mean by that? I mean, there are many metrics that would indicate they were the better team in this game. Obviously, oh, the turnover one yeah. was one they were not, but they outgained the Cowboys. They were better conversion rate on money downs than the Cowboys were. They did not punt once in the game. They had six sacks while the Cowboys had zero. Like a lot of different metrics you can point to. What, 200 yard receivers? Like there's so many different things you can point to. The Eagles had a lead in this game for 37 minutes. While the Cowboys had a lead for six minutes, like there's so many oh, different right? things okay. you can point to where like the Eagles mm-hmm. should have won that game. They were the better team. <laughs> they had two 10 point leads. So it's hard for me to reconcile. It wasn't like, oh, wow, the Eagles just stunk. And they got, they were not the better team. They were the better team in a lot of ways. The Eagles played their, I thought the Eagles played a C plus game. And I thought Dallas 
played um, for them uh, an a and like an a minus kind of game. Like this is the best game that I saw them play this year. I didn't to, to, disclaimer. I didn't see them play the Vikings. They're the, well. the game where they stopped them like 40 to three. I did see them play the Colts when they won like 50 something to whatever. Um, but again, yeah, this is the best game that I saw them play this year. And uh, it was certainly the best that Dak Prescott has played this year. And I think that was probably by a pretty wide margin at that. Um, yeah, and the Eagles turned it over four times and uh, a lot of unlucky things happened. Like, you know, they had the sack fumble from Hassan Reddick. Linval Joseph jumps on that football. That's probably, <laughs> the Eagles are probably going to win that game. Uh, so there's just little things like that and that happened in that game. And uh, ultimately they lose. They still had a chance to win it with, um, you know, and on that final drive, uh, couldn't uh, ultimately get that done. Um, but yeah, they, they, their backup quarterback, they're playing their third consecutive road game on mm-hmm. short rest, no less. That's tough. And uh, a lot of weird things go against them in addition to the four turnovers. And they still didn't play their best game. And they still almost won anyway. <laughs> so like right. you know, I, I've seen some people say I almost feel better about the Eagles now after that game. Uh, I would not agree with that so much. Uh, but I do kind of understand the sentiment in that, um, you know, they, they didn't have their best game and, and the team, a, a good team that they played kind of came close to their best. Um, and you know, it, it, they still, almost, they still almost stole the game anyway. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not the worst loss of course, too, with, uh, Dallas having lost the previous week to Jacksonville. It made this game oh, a lot yeah. less meaningful if, ja- if, Jacksonville hadn't beaten them the week before. And then this is like, you know, the city's in panic mode because now the Eagles would have to win uh, their final two games to, you know, win, win the division. And, and of course the, the one seed and all that stuff. Uh, But as is, you know, we, we kind of headed into this game uh, knowing that it didn't have as much juice uh, as it would have otherwise. Um, Result was, uh, and it's certainly not what Eagles fans were hoping for. I think once the game starts too, you just start getting like I think Eagles fans like get locked in and like sure. you know it, they 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 watch it as if it's any other game and uh, it's as disappointing a loss um, as any other game. And then you step back and you go, okay, really, it's not that big a deal. Well, what I said on to RJ on the mixtape. Well, first thing before I get into that, the fumbles, the three fumbles, the one that the Eagles didn't get with Reddick, and then the two that they had with Boston Scott, the botched handoff, and then Miles Sanders yeah. at the end of the game. The Eagles don't need to get all three of those. That's obviously incredible fumble luck if they're on all three of those. But to not get one mm-hmm. is like especially bad fumble luck. And if you only get one, that could make a huge difference if you just got even one of those, especially the Reddick one. But even if they right. were able to recover their own one, like Jack Driscoll, who literally had the ball in his hands, like it's just tough. So um, people don't want to get into that because – it's like the team that won deserved to win, and people don't like to say bad luck was involved. <laughs> and not to say the Eagles like 100% deserved to win because they turned the ball over four times, but some of that was bad luck, and I think there's probably more of that that people want to acknowledge. Um, what was I going to say? What was I getting into? Uh, uh, the You were talking about the three fumbles. I was talking about um, – well, what you were talking about – Man, that was a good point too. Just the other game had less juice this time. Uh, if you know, had the Cowboys not uh, lost to Jacksonville, and ultimately the the game didn't have as much meaning um, as as it may have. And you know, you kind of step back from this game and you go, okay, well, it doesn't really matter that much. Well, yeah, I would. Uh, but I think, yeah, go ahead. I wouldn't say like you know, I feel I definitely don't feel better. There were certainly concerns raised by this loss, but it's just it is a little gaslighting in the sense that like like the. 
I just don't think like the Cowboys are better than the Eagles, or it's even close. I still think the Eagles are the better. T- oh, here's what I wanted to say on that point. Like, it's frustrating to me going back to the gaslighting thing because I felt like the analysis that we had going into the game was not even wrong. Like, it's not like, well, we like totally analyzed this the wrong way. No, like <laughs> we said that felt good about Gardner Minshew. Thought he had a pretty good game, especially relative to mm-hmm. what you would expect for a backup. Was he perfect? No, but like. He had them in the game with a chance to win at the end. I felt good about he would give them a chance. I felt good about the biggest mismatch in the game being the Eagles wide receivers against the Cowboys defensive backs. Mm-hmm. It was Devontae and AJ Brown crushed them. So like that was right. Um, I felt good about the Eagles like in the trenches. They, the Eagles were able to stop the Cowboys run. Right. They Both to, sides of the ball. Yeah, they were able yeah. to sack Dak six times. Like, it wasn't like I was wrong. Like that's that's what I'm. That's what's gaslighting. Like what? How was I wrong? Like the only thing I didn't account for is the Eagles were somehow going to turn the ball over four times, which you, you can't really predict. That's just football, and that's that is what it is. At the end of the day, the result is the result. But it's just like that's going back to the gaslighting of it all. It's not like wow, I really made a mistake here analyzing this, and like I should have seen that. Like I don't know what I'm supposed to regret. Like coming out of that game in terms of why are people mad at you? Are people saying you should? No, I'm just saying like it's frustrating from a standpoint of like I feel like I was right in a lot of ways, but it didn't end up in the (laughs) result that I thought it was going to because of those things. So it's just like a weird disconnect. That's football. It is football. That is part (laughs) of it. But but it's frustrating. It was more like frustrating than like crushing. Like because there's been you know losses to the Cowboys. I think especially for Eagles fans would be like, oh man, Dallas is just the better team. That sucks. Like it's it was just like a weird feeling. It made me feel like I want to see these teams play again like tomorrow because I feel like the Eagles are going to win the next time. They're not going to turn the ball over probably four times. Um, obviously, we might see that Eagles-Cowboys rematch in the playoffs. Maybe. We'll see. Um, but getting to the news of it all and the biggest concerns from the game, which didn't really have to Bigger than the game yeah, itself. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, the biggest concerns coming out of this game, I would say, are more about the injuries to Lane Johnson, who's obviously one of the best players on the team abdomen injury sounds he's going to reportedly be out for the rest of the regular season we'll see if he's going to be able to come back in the playoffs lane's extremely tough so it's hard to say like he won't at least try to give it a go in the postseason but it's not great yeah the the line that was fed from whoever to all the national beat reporters who you know, put all this information out exactly at the same time, <laughs> whether it's coming from the Eagles or, or Lane Johnson's agent. Um, I think, I think in this case, it was the Eagles. Um, it was, you know, he's going to miss the rest of the regular season and then hopeful yes. thereafter, which to me doesn't sound great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, you'd, you'd hope that um, I think when, the, when they're confident that a player is coming back, they act that way. And I feel like they're confident the, the, the confidence level in that messaging uh, isn't very high. And I don't know much about Lane's specific injury um, that, you know, the ligament that it's, that's attaching his abdomen muscles to other, you know, parts of his insides. <laughs> like it sounds, it sounds really bad. Any, any kind of core muscle at all, any kind of core muscle injury at all is, I mean, troublesome because you're using it, you're using your core for pretty much every movement. And, um, if, if that's failing you or if you're in pain with, uh, any kind of core muscle kind of injury, it's affecting you th- throughout the entirety of the day. Everything you do, uh, on the field is, is painful and, um, debilitating. So, you know, we'll see how fast he can get back, but the details for now seem kind of sketchy. Um, I think the Avante Maddox injury, 
Well, is before we get to that, also, I want you to oh, yeah, okay, talk go ahead. about like how do we think they're going to replace him? Like, do we think they're going to move Dillard over to or put Dillard at left I tackle don't. and move to my ladder or just put Jack, Jack? I can't say any of these names right. Jack Driscoll in <laughs> at right tackle and be the one for one. Because earlier this year, to set the context, when Lane missed time, they did put Driscoll in right, but wasn't my not ready at that point? Was he still on? Mm, I don't remember. What, what game were we talking about here? I think that was earlier in the season. Lane had missed some time. Oh, after did he miss did he miss time after the Cowboys game the first time around? Um I don't know then. I thought he missed like some I thought he missed like some time during a game. I could be wrong. Let me look this up. But well, anyway, what do you think is gonna happen? I think they're just gonna slot Driscoll right in. Okay. I think that's the easiest thing to do. Um and then if they need to in I don't think I don't think Andre Deller can play the right side. No, I don't well, think he wants to play the, the right it's side. My, moving my lotta. <laughs> you know, so yeah, yeah, right. So I guess in theory they could uh, put uh, Dillard in at left ta- at left tackle and then move Jordan Mailata to right tackle. But I think I think that Jordan Mailata at left tackle and Jordan and Jack Driscoll at right tackle is a better combination than Andre Dillard at left tackle and Jordan Mailata at right tackle because you're hurting both positions that way. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Jack Driscoll's bad. I think he's fine on right. at right tackle, and I think he's played there in the fa- in the past. And, um, you know, he's got some things that are like less than ideal from at that position where he doesn't have like long arms. He's not very, he's not tall. He doesn't, he doesn't have length that you'd like at that spot, but he's got plenty of athleticism. He can block guys with speed around the edge. Um, maybe a little bit susceptible to power, uh, on the edge, just like Andre Dillard. Um, but yeah, I think he's, he's fine, uh, filling in at right tackle and, uh, it's probably what they'll do. Okay, so um, what do you think they do with Maddox? Who Avante Maddox naturally, as he got a sack, like it was, you know, a good play that results yeah. in him getting hurt. Um, I don't like turf. I think it's an abomination. He, he was playing really well in that game too, yes, by the way. He like he was having one of his best games. Aside for the sack, he um, couldn't get Dak down on. But I don't know. That's kind of <laughs> like even that I thought was some kind of like bad luck because Javon Hargrave spins at a way that like. It's just insane to me. His he's right next to Dak, but his back is somehow like touching Dak's front. Like how, it's just like right. he picked the worst time somehow to spin. Not like criticizing him. I'm saying it's just extremely yeah, unlucky yeah, yeah. that somehow he spinned just at the worst possible moment in a way that would leave him. <laughs> it's just it's it's you don't see plays like that. Like that's sort of strange. And credit to Dak for being strong and staying up, but. I don't know. Yeah. It just seems like Zach made a great play on that play. Yeah, give him yeah, credit where, but it's also credit like, where it's due. It's just like 99 out of 100 times the defensive lineman's facing the right way and he's getting taken down to sack. It's just like <laughs> right, get, yeah. or just punch the ball out, whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah that, that was a bad injury because they said he's going to be out indefinitely. Um, I was just actually just putting together the, uh, the Saints um, injury report, you know, just guys who are on injured reserve or whatever. They had one of their players had a turf toe that ended their season. I forget who it was. Uh, and that was like weeks. That was like week, like week six, seven, eight, something like that. So turf toe injuries can be bad. I mean, they can be, they can be season enders. Um, so we'll see if Max can come back at any point, but uh, not looking good on that front. And Josiah Scott just got, let's just be frank, man. He got his ass handed to him in that game. Um, not good. He was the, you know, the player, you know, most, uh, at fault in the on the third and thirty play. Oh my god! Um, and they're just they're just attacking him, all you know, all throughout the game. And as as other you know opposing offenses have done all year, they've tried to basically get when when, I, when Avante Maddox went on injury reserve mm-hmm. earlier in the year with his hamstring injury, 
opposing offenses tried to put their best receivers in the slot and create one-on-one matchups against uh, Josiah Scott. And they were able, A, to successfully get those, and B, uh, you know, complete passes down the field on him whenever they did. Like the Titans, the only the only good thing they did in that game was you know they they hit Traylon Burks for a touchdown in the end zone. That was against Josiah Scott. Um, who else did they play with him? And there was it the Packers. Um, Christian Watson had some had some big plays uh, out of the slot in that game. Uh, I'm I'm forgetting the others, but the the, the other teams were, were really able to to attack the slot. And uh, I don't know that you can put him back in there. So if if Maddox is going to be out for a substantial amount of time, whenever CJ GJ is back. Johnson. I think he's the slot, and then um, Blankenship. You know your two safeties are are Marcus Epps and Reed Blankenship. Um, that's not something the Eagles like to do. So they normally won't. You know uh, they'll usually just like like we said with, with Driscoll a minute ago. They'll usually just put one guy in mm-hmm. rather than kind of hurt potentially two different positions. But in this case, well. In this case, it's, it kind of is like one position, though, because Blankenship's been back there for multiple weeks now, except for Miss. And uh, CJGJ has that versatility. Like he, <laughs> yeah, his primary he function, what, uh, yeah, with New Orleans was the slot, and then when he came to Philly, Philly made him pretty much a full time mm-hmm. safety. So he certainly can play the slot. There's no doubt about that. Um, so yeah, maybe a little bit different in this case, but certainly in my opinion, the combination of. CJ GJ in the slot, yeah. and then those two safeties, Epps and Blankenship, are better than if you were to have Epps and CJ GJ at safety and Josiah Scott in the slot. Basically, it's a question to me of: Are you more comfortable with Reed Blankenship mm-hmm. on the field or Josiah Scott? It has and to be the, Blankenship. The, the, I mean, the very easy answer to that is Blankenship. Not to say Blankenship was perfect. I don't think he had a great game against the Cowboys, but like, I, I, I think he's shown more upside in a limited sample size sure. than Josiah Scott really ever has. I think at best, Josiah Scott has been fine, like at his very best. Whereas, like when Rain Blankenship has played well, he's like good, like when he's been good. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think the bigger these bigger better floor too. Okay, from uh, Blankenship as opposed to uh, Josiah. I mean, Scott. they were they were putting Kayvon Wallace in at the end of the game because they weren't really trusting Josiah Scott at the end, and they clearly haven't wanted to put Kayvon Wallace on the field this year. So that kind of right, really speaks right. to their lack of confidence in him. And I think, and I, and we should be clear. CJGJ is eligible to return this week for week 17, but I mean, we don't know yet if he will right. just because, because someone is, doesn't mean they, he has a lacerated kidney. Like, I don't even know as someone who is not a medical <laughs> expert, I don't even know how you like check in on that. It's not like, Hey, how's your hamstring feeling? Oh, it's feeling good now. Oh, let's test it out. He runs on the field, you know? Oh, he's fine. Versus like a lacerated, like what? Doing, is like, your kidney feeling more or less lacerated, <laughs> CJ? So, like, I don't know. That seems like something you kind of have to be, and something you would want to err on the side of caution with, considering it's like internal, you know, organs. No and, doubt. So, like, you know, I don't. I, I, you can't just assume he's merely going to be back this week. Is my point with it. We'll see if he is. Um, those are the two big injuries in terms of the ones that came out of the Cowboys game. Jordan Davis also left with a concussion, but it seems like he might be mm-hmm. not terrible. Um. As, uh, EJ Smith. They have so many defensive tackles that doesn't matter yeah. uh, at this point. I don't think you want him for the playoffs. Of course, EJ Smith from um, uh, when he was on with Shield, I think said he was in good spirits in the locker room after the game. So that's good okay. to see for what that's worth. Um, but yeah, those are the big ones. Jalen Hurts is the other big injury, and from a standpoint of we don't exactly know yet if he's going to play or not against the Saints. You and I, prior to the Cowboys game, felt like we he would play again. 
or he would play against the Saints if the Eagles lost the Cowboys game. Now, I want to clarify, that was before I saw the report from Adam Schefter about more detail on Hertz's injury, that it, it's not the AC joint that typically players have when they have a shoulder injury. It's the SC. So, and that's more uncommon of an injury. Um, so to me, and the way that Minshew played in Dallas did not make me think, oh, the Eagles need to get Jalen Hurts back in there. If it's up to me, Jimmy, I am riding with Gardner Minshew for another game. Do you think that's what they will do? And do you think that's what they should do? Yeah, I mean, if Hurts is ready to play him, but oh, yeah, um, of course, there's any, I don't there's think any questions, yeah. then <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I don't think he is either. And uh, Minshew showed enough uh, in that game, I thought that, um, you know, they can win with him. And they have, I mean, who's better, Andy Dalton or Gardner Minshew? <laughs> who, would you, who would you rather have starting if uh, you had the choice between those two quarterbacks? And then, you know, obviously the Eagles have a far, far better roster otherwise uh, than the Saints do. But by the way, that line it's confusing me again. Like the Eagles are favored by six. I figured that would be a, a much higher line, and it's kind of messing with me a little bit that it's, that it's only six. What do, what do you think about that? By the way, that line. Uh, I don't know. I think the Saints might like the lane injury is a big deal, and yeah, and the Saints are playing for their playoff spot still. I mean, it's unlikely they make it, but like they still have motivation to play for. It, it, it'd be another thing to me if they were. The Bucs had already knocked them out, or the Saints had lost to the Browns. Mm-hmm. So the Saints lost to the Browns, and the Bucs did win. Then the Saints would have been knocked out. I would have feel more comfortable. Right. But I don't know. I, I feel like there is a little bit of a um, – I think it could get – and also, you look at how – I don't want to spoil the whole Saints preview, but a big reason why the Eagles were able to beat the Saints in each of the past two seasons is Jalen Hurts and his mobility and their run yeah. game. And that's not the same. Not to say they can't do it with Minshew, but I'm just saying like – it make I have a little bit more pause, so I think I would actually take the points right now. I think the Eagles win, but I'll, I'll take the points at the moment. It's a bad team. They have a bad O line. Well, not a bad O line, but um, okay, I, we can call it a bad O line. And a and a an injury depleted sort of uh, O line, injury depleted corners. Um, Re- their wide, wide receiver. receiver. They have nothing left at wide, wide receiver. Uh, depending on whether Chris Olave plays or not. Um, but yeah, it's it's a team that they should easily handle. So yeah, I think that uh. If if there's any question at all about Jalen Hurts' availability and and um, can he aggravate the injury further if he takes um, a bad hit yep. or it just has – I mean, keep in mind, I think we said this on the last podcast, whether he takes a hit or not, he if he's passing the ball, that alone, mm-hmm. you know, puts strain on your shoulder. And uh, also beyond that too is what's he going to look like when he gets back? Because – you know, remember 2019 when uh, Dak Prescott hurt? He, it was a shoulder sprain. I think that was his AC joint, but it's a shoulder sprain nevertheless. He got hurt. I think it was they played the Rams the week before they played the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, they played the Eagles week 16 mm-hmm. uh, the penultimate that year. Game. In a, yeah, in a, when, when there were still only 17 weeks of the season. And uh, he looked like crap. Like he he, did, he wasn't throwing the ball well at all. And it's because he had a shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. So you want to be careful not to rush him back if he's not even going to play well when he gets back right. anyway. It's it's very possible he doesn't play well when he gets back because he's not fully healed. So get him healed up as best as you can. Um, if you can get through this game with a win, you can breathe a big sigh of relief knowing that you have the one seed locked up. You don't have to care about you know playing starters or anything like that about mm-hmm. the Giants against the Giants week 18. You get your bye the first week of the playoffs. And then you don't have to play in the divisional round until I think it's what, January 21st? 
January 22nd. We're recording this, by the 22nd way. 22nd or 21st. The 21st or 22nd, yeah. 21st or 22nd. So we're recording this on December 27th. Yeah, almost a <laughs> you know, month. Basically, like, almost a month away, the next meaningful game. So, um, yeah, the, the the longer they can have him sit out and um, come back as the player that he was all season long, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, the better off they'll be in, in terms of their, their chances of making a run in these uh, NFC playoffs. Yeah. And I think if they lose to the saints, let's say, then I think he's, I think he's just is going to play in week 18. Yeah. 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 And that's fine right. from the standpoint. I mean, I don't know the situation specifically, but going off of Jeff McLean's original timeline that he might miss two weeks, he will have missed two weeks at that point. And you know, that's a situation where yes, you would absolutely worth the risk because you're getting the one seed like versus the five. It's a huge deal. So at that point, mm-hmm. yes. But at this point, I feel like you still have a good chance to win in Minshew, so don't even risk it. If you have to play him, you cross that bridge when you get there. You don't pre you don't preempt the bridge, I guess is what I'll say. All right. Uh ready to <laughs> take a break, Jimmy. Okay. Why don't you tell Let's me about it. Chris and Roach over Roach Realtors before we do go to break? All right. Um well I have a new computer stand here, by the way. I know your I camera know angle is different. I'm a, little, I'm a little closer. That was a gift. Wow. From Stephanie Roach of Roach Realtors. Mm. Um so good people all around at Roach Realtors. Uh, anyway, if you're looking to buy set or sell your home, please feel free to – actually, somebody just did reach out uh, a day ago to, to Kristen. Um, they're looking to, I think, rent a place, but I'm not sure. Uh, but you can BGN? reach her at 856 – what's that? Someone from BGN Radio? Somebody from – yeah. Somebody okay. I said, yeah. Nice. Heard uh, Kristen Roach ads on on uh, the best podcast in the land. That's right. And uh, – we knew what they were talking about immediately because we know what the best podcast in the land is. Um, but anyway, yeah, 856-906-9295 is how you can reach her. Again, 856-906-9295. Again, if you're looking to buy or sell your house or if you're look- considering looking at you know selling your house in the spring or something like that um, and you're looking to get an idea of what it could sell for, uh, she can do kind of like a market analysis of – your home and area and such, and uh, kind of give you an idea of what you know would be a good idea to list that, whatever. And there's no charge for anything like that. Uh, so again, eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. Brandon, back after this. Back here on VGN Radio, Jimmy. I don't want to do it, but we have to get into the game. Um, I'm actually okay. I, I betrayed myself. So listeners, I let you down. I just did the NFC East mixtape record with RJ. I told myself I wasn't gonna allow myself to be worked up about the game, but naturally <laughs> I can't help myself. So I was because I, I genuinely, at this point, I did not go into the game wanting this. Obviously, that's not the preferred outcome. But at this point, I am very okay with Cowboys fans making too much of that game. And being like, this means we're better than the Eagles and we're going to go beat them. Keep thinking that because that is not the read on the performance that I would have if I was, I feel like if I was a Cowboys fan, because you did right. played in a lot of ways, as we highlighted earlier. Anyway, um, Eagles offense in this game, they're missing Jalen Hurts. I think that showed up in terms of the, you know, his lack of mobility, not having that both for him because there were times where Minshew took off running and it looked like he had a lot of room, and he got like a yard, where Jalen Hurts probably would have gotten 10 yards or 7 yards, whatever. Uh, so that was an issue at times. Uh, the run game not being probably as effective as it probably could have been if Hurts is in there is certainly something. But on the whole, I mean, they moved the ball well. It wasn't really, again, they didn't punt. 
turnovers were a big problem. Um, mm. But I, I thought, you know, AJ was awesome. Quietly had like over six catches for over 100 yards. Devontae Smith showed why I, this kind of game. Devontae Smith is, is a beast. It, well, it's, it's really disappointing that the Eagles lost because this performance gets overshadowed now by the, in terms of <laughs> yes. like, if the Eagles win this game, Devontae Smith is like, might be, you know, the top story in Peter King's column or, you know, like there's just so much more. Sure. Could be NFC player of the week. Like he gets so much more credit for this performance, but because it was in a loss, like it gets overshadowed, which is a bummer because he was awesome in this game. Um, the only thing that wasn't awesome was Quez Watkins. I mean, Jimmy, <laughs> what are the what are the Eagles doing? Like, so it's not all on Quez in the sense that you can say, mm-hmm. why are the Eagles throwing to him so much? Because why are the Eagles throwing to him so much? Five targets where Kenny Gainwell and Dallas Goddard combined had not, uh wait. No, Quez and K- Gainwell combined had nine targets. Dallas Goddard has three. What yeah. are we doing? And well, I know that they, I know that they tried to get it to Goddard more, but it just didn't, it just kind of didn't go his way. That that's not um, a good answer. Like that's, I'm sorry. Like Goddard's a <laughs> contested catch dude. Like you can't tell me that. Yeah. I, like I don't care. I, he made great, he made great plays in that he, game. Yes, that, he did. He's, by, by the way, that dude is healthy. Yes. He's good to go. So that's, that was his performance was at least good to see in terms of, you know, looking ahead. But like, you can't, it's just a fit. Like if you look at the box score at the end of the day and you see, Quez Watkins and Kenny Gainwell have more targets than Dallas Goddard. It's a failure. You have failed. Like it's a failure. I know there's more nuance to it, <laughs> but at a very simple, basic level, you have failed. Like that is not good. That is a, is not what you want to see. Um, Minshew was one for five for 19 yards and two interceptions when targeting Quez. Um, and one I th- last week he had the pick. Quez, right? Yeah. yeah, right. So the the pick to Quez against. Um, the Bears, Quez ran a terrible route. Yeah. So you, are you familiar with the QB school with uh, JT yes. O'Sullivan? Of course you are. With JT O'Sullivan, he showed that play in depth and was, um, you know, sort of excusing Hertz on that throw. It was an anticipation throw right. where Hertz is going from the slot on one side of the field uh, over across to uh, the other side of the field. There's a big open area of the field mm-hmm. uh, for Hertz to throw to, which he did. And he threw with anticipation. He's expecting uh, Hertz or excuse me, Watkins to get there. And as, as JT O'Sullivan is explaining uh, this play and he's going through the, the route that Quez ran, he's like, he's like, he can't just be like, like, you know, going across the field. He said he's not playing fast and you can see it on the mm-hmm. film. Like he's, he's not, he's not busting it to get to the spot that he needs to get to uh, where Jalen Hurts was expecting him to be. So when the ball arrives, he's not there yet. And it looks like Hurts just throws it right to the Bears defender. But it's, it's because Quez didn't get there in time. Yeah. Like it's not Jalen Hurts' fault that Quez Watkins ran a ran a lazy, slow route. And I thought the same thing happened uh, to Gardner Minshew in this game. Not the first one. The first one was like the little pivot, the little turn. I thought that ball was maybe um, you know not in a good spot. I, I thought that was more and, Minshew. Uh, not Dallas defender made it made a play on it. And he, I mean, he was, but he, at the same time. Watkins showed nothing in yeah. terms of physicality on that play. Like you would have thought, like show, Watkins was the DB, right? And he like it was just the ball. Now that that play wasn't wrestled away from him necessarily, but the defender just ran right through him. Like Hertz was like a rag doll, mm-hmm. or excuse me, like Watkins. Minshew, not Minshew, like Watkins with Quez mm-hmm. was like a rag doll. And then on the pick that definitely was not oh, Minshew's fault and was absolutely Quez's fault. He runs a shit route. Excuse my language. 
I couldn't even tell initially whether it was an in or a slant. That's how bad the route was because there's just no cut. You just kind of rounded it out, and it was a slow route at that. Defender, you know, read where he was essentially going, jumped it, and then was just way more physical at the catch point than Quez. Run a slant, man. And it, it turns out it was a slant, by the way. It wasn't an in. It was a slant. Um, looks nothing like a slant when you watch it. <laughs> like, But run your route, man, and run it fast. The ball was there where it should be, and he just didn't get to a spot on time. The defender made a great play on the play and uh, just wrestled the ball away from him. And that, that's on Quez. So two weeks in a row, he's responsible for an interception. Then, of course, he had to fumble against the commanders that yeah. you know may, cha- may have changed that game right. if, if he doesn't fumble. So he's kind of been actively hurting the team in some ways. Um, not to the degree that like Jalen Rager did no. for two years in Philly. It's not like that. Because Quez has, made Quez has skills. Too. He, he has skills. He's ha- he, has, he got wide open down the field. Minshew missed him on that. Mm. On that play, that should have been a touchdown. Um, what play was that? So, you know, it was like early in the game. Okay. Quez got wide open, like kind of in the middle of the field. Oh, yes. Minshew okay, yeah. Just, the one he, yeah, he overthrew him. Yeah. They scored a touchdown there anyway, him, but yeah. yes. Um, so, you know, good on him for getting open on the, down the field on that play. Um, ball, the ball wasn't put on him. But, uh, yeah, so he's not hurting the team in the same way like J.J. or or J.J. Ortega-White said it is or Jalen Rager hurt him. But he's not. He's not. He's 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 been a rare example of a player on this team that has fallen short of the expectations right. that I had for them this season. Yeah, you're not asking him to be a star. You're not asking him to, you know, moss someone necessarily. But it's just like, it's just really tough because you know. Okay, he has this really bad performance last week where they got the ball to him too much, and then it happens again <laughs> next week. And Dallas Goddard's back this time. It just yeah. doesn't like. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. I think there's multiple failures here. I think there's failures by Quez, like you highlighted. I think you can kind of question the coaching staff. Like, okay, maybe this is not really the place to really get Quez the ball in these short area, you know, contested mm-hmm. catch situations. That's just not really his game. So there's some of that going on. You know, there's some of it. It's the quarterback, the reads, who's open, whatever. Like, I know it's not always that simple to just like not throw to someone, but but man, it's it's tough to put him out there right now. And I think I think you said this somewhere. I think I read you say this like. Not that Zach Pascal is like amazing, but I think like I I think you might have to you know give some of his playing time, especially in those kind of situations. If you're asking for more short yardage in there, I'm not saying you know run Quest back, run um, Zach Pascal streaking down the field, uh, but like I, I just try the Quest is absolutely like you can't just keep going to him because he's made, like these are bad mistakes that he's made in some big spots. Now this isn't a situation where I think like you know they're not going to bench Miles Sanders just because he fumbled at the end of the game. But if Miles Sanders fumbles at the end of the game or has really bad fumbles for like the next three weeks, well, then, yeah, you're probably going to see his playing time dip. I think it's time for Quez's playing time to to suffer a little bit after these mistakes. Like these were two, two weeks in a row. And and like you mentioned, the only other game they lost this year to have that big fumble. Like these are mm-hmm. these are really costly and it, it telling and informing your decision making in the playoffs. Are you going to really trust him in a big spot? It's right. kind of hard to. So I thought that was bad, obviously. Um they like him because he's fast, and even sure. if he's not, the ball isn't coming his way. He, in theory, keeps opposing defenses honest, or you got to respect his deep speed. But on this roster, like I don't know that how necessary that is because AJ Brown makes plays deep down the field. Devontae Smith makes makes plays deep down the field. Hell, Dallas Goddard is 
more of a vertical tight end threat than most of your tight ends in the NFL. They have guys that can stretch the field as it is already. I don't know that how much, um, you know, Quez Watkins is, is benefiting you uh, as that kind of player when, when you already have so many other guys that can do that. How I'll phrase it here is like moving forward, any quiz, any quest target that is not like down the field is just a waste right now. When you have Goddard and AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, there's no way that one of those guys isn't either like open or at least has a chance to make a play on the ball. And I'd rather go down like with a mistake happening to one of those guys than the quest at this point. Like you can't you, even Kenny has been better. Sure. Recently. I, I think Kenny, it's, Kenny played well in that game. It's a dump off option, um, especially, and, but like any kind of, if, if there's a targeted design play for quest, it's a failure unless it's a deep shot at this point. Like that's not, it's just not one of the very best things they can do. And it's a waste of a play. Um, so yeah. uh, anything I, I else on the with that. offense? Yeah. Um, you mentioned Devante, you mentioned AJ, uh, there's one other thing that I had here. Oh, I mean, we already talked about this in, in depth, but um, Miles Sanders hadn't fumbled mm. until uh, last week against the Bears. I didn't think that fumble was bad. He was catching the ball. He was kind of still bringing it in. I mean, I thought it was clearly a fumble. Like, it wasn't an incomplete pass. Um, it was close-ish. Um, but it wasn't. that wasn't like, you know, he had the ball tucked away and just had it ripped away from mm-hmm. him or punched out or whatever. This week was bad. He was <laughs> like, flinging it around. His, this fumble this week was uh, that's not an acceptable he's in fumble. the backfield too. It's uh, not even he's like you know making a big run and trying to do something. He's in the backfield and he's like yeah. waving the ball around. And then the 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 failed exchange between Minshew and and Boston Scott. I don't know what to make of that. Um, I think it's just got luck. asked about that today. Um, they they kind of couldn't. They didn't know what to make of it either. Um, they've they've probably that's what they told us. I don't know. Practice together a ton. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um, Pretty basic play in football. Yeah, I agree. It's just, I think it's just <laughs> and, bad luck. And that, <laughs> that was uh, Boston Scott's only carry of the game, or he didn't even have a carry because yeah. it, it fumbled. Uh, Minshew, Minshew got uh, got dinged for the fumble on that, and you know, statistically, uh, so he didn't really have a carry. That was his only chance for a carry in that game. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can't you can't have those. It's just very as it's as simple as you just can't have those plays. Especially like area of the field too. That's the thing. It's not even just like they have these fumbles. They were in deep in the Eagles' own territory. Like you're guaranteed twenty points of turnovers that they got. Yeah. In that game? Well, you're guaranteeing the Cowboys probably at least field goals in those situations. It's just yeah. like really tough. It's not like you know, it's turnovers are not they're not all equal. You know, like let's say Minshew you know airs it out and throws a pick on like a what would have been a sixty yard completion. Like okay, that's basically a punt at that point. Like it's not great, but yeah. like okay you. Not as damaging as just losing the ball in your own territory deep twice. So that was killer too. I did have one more thing too. Like the the run game, I thought suffered without Hurts. Yeah, easily. The, the, this is what the this is what. So like you know, Miles Sanders is going to the Pro Bowl. He's got over a thousand yards, but he owes a lot of his success, oh, in yeah. my opinion, to Jalen Hurts because of what Jalen Hurts does in terms of keeping less. You know, keeping. Uh, some you know, a defender or two off of him uh, in the run game where they have to respect Jalen Hurts keeping it and pulling it and going around the backside. So, um, yeah, I, I thought that when you have Gardner Minshew, and we saw this last year too when Minshew had to fill in, yes. the, the, uh, the the running game just isn't going to be as scary as it is when Jalen Hurts isn't on the field. 100%. Um, all right, let's flip over to the 
Well, we'll take a quick break here again. Uh, right to sell in craft turkey. Go to righttosellin.com. Discount code BGN20 for 20% off your order. Use that right now because that's going away in a matter of days, I believe, going back down to BGN15. So pause the podcast or write a note for you to do after the podcast. Go to righteousfelon.com. Check out what they have. I always say the website is free to peruse, if you will. And there's a section in there that if you do not eat meat, because I know there are people who don't, um, you can check out. Well, first of all, they have turkey. So if you're go back to Russia, if you I don't know what that reference is. <laughs> it's from The Simpsons. Okay, yeah. Uh, there's a turkey jerky <laughs> option if you're not, you know, in, if you can't do the red meat. So that's something to consider. And then there's also artisan snacks they have. That's an option on the site you can mm. check out. So okay. there's non-meat options if you're vegan or vegetarian or pescatarian. Uh, so don't be deceived by just, oh, righteous own craft jerky. They only have meat. That is not just the case. So you can check out the website, check out all the products they have to offer, and get yourself some snacks at a discounted rate with BGN20 for 20% off your order. Jimmy. Back after this. Kristen Roach of Roach Real Tours, Roach Real Tours, Roach Real Tours. Kristen Roach of Roach Real Tours. She's the greatest. 856-906-92. Back here on BGN Radio, it's time to talk about what maybe might be the most meaningful thing to talk about to a lot of people after this game. A lot of <laughs> ire towards the way of Jonathan Gannon because I think... Deserved. Well, when you're talking about what is, what is one of the biggest takeaways from this game, and again, something that like I was thinking about heading into the game. I did a question and answer exchange with uh, you know Blogging the Boys, and one of the things I mentioned... It's like, okay, one of the things you can say about this Eagles defense as a concern is they have not stopped a top quarterback, which has been a case mm-hmm. with Jonathan Gannon now since he's been in Philly. Um, I guess you could point to Kirk Cousins if you really wanted to, but I would not because I've never been a Kirk Cousins guy. I've been consistent about that. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, okay, but like still did decently and also playing through a broken thumb and the Packers vibes are Yeah, awful. They, they scored 33 points. Yeah, so like... And it's not, again, like you said to RJ, I'm not expecting, it's not like Gannon needs to like keep Dak to 50% completion rate with zero touchdowns, three intercepts. And that's not what people are asking for. I think people are asking for a quarterback to not go 24 of 24 against zone coverage. Like that's insane. That's, that's like historically awful. That's not just a bad game. That is like in, unconscionable, incomprehensibly bad. And to me, I mean, even putting that aside, it all comes down to third and 30. That was the game. Third and 30 was this game. If the Eagles get a stop there, they probably win this football game. And there's no good reason for them not to. There is not one single good reason. I don't want to hear that that was like just some incredible throw by Dak and that just be right. no. Like they let you, they let T.Y. Hilton get behind them. What is the only thing you can not. T.Y. Hilton yeah, too, which is Hilton. so funny. The 33 year old guy was on his, his sofa two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> why, why is he able to get behind the defense? There's no good reason. So the explanation, I guess that I don't know if you've seen this was that, you know, Josiah Scott was supposed to be there. He was supposed yeah. to be dropping in the deep half there, but like, 
but why is it like a disguised coverage on third and 30? You need to trick right. the opponent on third and third. I hate that so much. <laughs> gotcha. Like, it's just, how about just don't, Shield said this, so I'm stealing it from him, but I had it in my mind at the time. Everyone, so one thing I've noticed, um, I guess for a while, is that people think they hear sticks defense and they associate that with Jim Schwartz being bad for some reason. When statistically yeah. the sticks defense was like 99% effective, like it almost yeah. always <laughs> right. worked. Somehow yeah. people like think of it was a dumb coverage, even though it was like very statistically effective. I'd love to see the sticks defense in that situation. Of course. They don't give up a yeah, first down there. It's third yeah. and 30. There's no good reason. It's not like T.Y. Hilton mossed, you know, anyone. Like, you know, right. like, it, like the, the coverage is perfect. And, he, and if, if, they, if that happened, then you have to give a hat tip to the receiver and the quarterback for making a play. That's not what happened. You let him get behind you. Don't let him get behind you. It's that simple. Yeah, the infamous play that uh, happened against the Schwartz defense was the fourth and fifteen yeah. uh, in Tennessee, but that wasn't that oh, wasn't even sticks. Yeah. That was an inverted cover right. too. <laughs> so, so like uh, let whoever just run right by him. The uh, the the I think the some of the angst against the the sticks defense was that they complete you know they give up the easy like you know underneath pass. Sure. And what teams started to do is they'd get a couple of receivers out in front of the, you know, the, the intended mm-hmm. receiver, and then they come close uh, to converting it. And then that team might go for it on fourth and down and fair. then get it. But like, but so yeah, that's absolutely fair. But in this case, on third and thirty, yeah. you're going to rally to the ball well before right. they have a chance. If, if that's if that's what they're trying to do, you're going to rally to the ball well before they have any kind of reasonable chance to mm-hmm. get anywhere near the sticks. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah, like. To 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 run like uh, with your backup nickel yes. too. By the way, he's the guy that's right. supposed to be defending like the most vulnerable area that's of the field. Bad coaching. Like, are you serious? That's not good coaching. You talk about yeah. putting your players in positions to succeed. How is Josiah Scott supposed to succeed in that position? I hated. I hated that. Like part of the explanation why they didn't cover it is because there was a miscommunication. What, what kind of communication does there need to be? Because the Cowboys <laughs> quick snap the ball. It's third and thirty, dude. How about don't let him run by you? If you okay, I don't know what the play is, but I probably shouldn't let them run by me. Like you cannot let some. And I'm not blaming it on Slay to be clear, because you know Slay caught heat. Although I will say, Darius Slay, I don't think has been quite the same player he necessarily was earlier in the season on the whole recently. Yeah. And I'm also a little sick of him just blaming everyone else all the time. Like I know it might not be his fault. And I guess, and I know it must might be frustrating as someone to be getting all that heat, but guess what, dude, you're in a C on your Jersey. You're a team captain. I don't get how it's yeah. cool that he just gets to throw like Josiah Scott under the bus, like on Twitter publicly every week. That's not what, like, what a captain and a leader does to me. Like, I'm not saying right. he needs to say that it was my fault, but like, I don't think you can just, is like Rodney McLeod is Malcolm Jenkins like throwing everyone under the bus like public like if you want to do that internally and call people out sure I believe in that that's but like I don't what's it just seems a little like big loser energy from me for Slade after every yeah game. it was like like oh, leave, it wasn't my leave fault. Me alone. I, it wasn't it wasn't my fault yeah like, leave come me on alone. bro it wasn't my fault kind of yeah you're, you're a team captain you're supposed to be a leader and that's the energy you're putting out there like it's not my fault I know it's not your fault. Or okay, it's don't pay fault. attention. But like, don't pay attention to it. But like, bro, yeah, <laughs> you know, ignore it. So I don't love that. You try to win a Super Bowl. It's just you know, it's weird to me. Like when again, that it's a captain, and people are talking about how like, he's a leader, and it's just that's not. I don't know how that's a leader. Like you're throwing your teammate under the bus like that. Like I don't think anyone. I don't think Josiah Scott threw Slay under the bus when it seemed like he was the one who busted the coverage on that uh, CD touchdown. Uh-huh. So like. I don't know. 
that's not the biggest issue. But the the biggest issue is that they allowed a first down on third and thirty, and I just I, that's insane to me. I can't a game changing play. I can't get over it, it um, from a, a, a leverage standpoint. I talked about this with RJ, but it, the Eagles win probability from like you know that ESPN graphic or whatever it dropped from eighty one point nine percent to forty sixty four point seven eighty one point nine. So about mm-hmm. like what like um math like seventeen percent or whatever seventeen percent yeah. 17% changing, 17% changing play. That's crazy. Yeah. And the two plays before that, the only reason they got into third and 30 in the first place was yeah. the Hassan Reddick strip sack that Limbaugh Joseph mm-hmm. couldn't recover. And then Josh Sweat gets a sack uh, on the next play. And, you, you know, they get the two consecutive sacks and you're like, and if you're an Eagles fan, you think, okay, well now we're, now we're rolling. Taking over the like, game. <laughs> okay. Now, now the game is going the way that, uh, oh, this looks all familiar to what I've seen the rest of the season. <laughs> And, yeah, and then, boom, converted third and 30. And not even converted, but 20 yards past the, yeah. past the sticks insane. and that too. So, like, if it were third and 50, then they'd have gotten it. <laughs> that's like, But that's, like, not like, okay, next play. That's, like, that's that's the game. Right. That's the game right there. Not to say the Eagles couldn't have come back. And, what, obviously, things could have played out differently. But it's just, there's no good reason. There's no good excuse to me why that happens. Dallas made plays, I guess, ultimately. You could look at it from that standpoint when they needed to. Um, you talked about We talked about the Dak avoiding the Maddox sack earlier. That was a third and five. They mm-hmm. had the fourth and eight where Darius Slay gets the penalty. Slay gets the penalty on T.Y. Hilton. Yep. That's big. They had to play uh, the touchdown to Michael Gallup. Gallup made a phenomenal catch on that where it was sort of a broken play and Dak uh, rolled right mm-hmm. and threw on the run. It was a good throw, too, but yeah. um, like a short – like, you know, a heater, like a heater with like not a lot of distance between the quarterback and the receiver. It's like, you know, 11, 12 yards, something like that. And Gallup just plucked that out of the air, kept his feet in. I mean, they made plays. So, you know, I mean, again, like, like we said at the top of the podcast, like they had, they had their A minus game, in my opinion, in this game. And Dak had his A game and they just made a lot of plays. So, you know, tip of the cap to a lot of the plays that they made. And uh, the Eagles could not uh, on on a lot of these plays on defense. And when your defensive line is playing the way that the Eagles were, it's kind of inexcusable to yeah. to give up, you know, those kinds of crazy numbers on the back end. How, how does that happen when your when your D line is getting that good of pressure on the opposing quarterback? Yeah, six sacks. They were disrupting deck. They not only six sacks, a defensive touchdown too. Josh Sweat, yeah. great game, <laughs> right. pick six. Yeah, I mean, how often does that happen? Hassan Reddick up to what fourteen sacks on the year now. And he is yep. eight in his last eight and a half, eight in his last seven games. Like he's he's on a tear. Two forced fumbles in the sweat pen- has something like seven and a half in his last fi- in his last five yeah, games. He's turned it up. Um, uh, Hargrave has turned it on in recent in in recent. BG, you know, he's got ten. BG at half sweat a has eleven. He's one away now from ten. Yeah. Yep. Man, I like they have a they have a legit chance of breaking the NFL record. Right. Seventy two. Right. They have sixty one. Yeah. They they've had four straight games of at least yeah. six. They get two more of them. They get they got the record. Yeah, and yeah, easily doable with the next two opponents. I mean, not easily as in like they definitely will, but like yes, definitely attainable. I I, I mean they have two two bad offensive lines coming up in the Saints and Giants. So it's, it, yeah, the gain in things is so tough because I know you look at all the metrics and there's a lot of good things he's done this year and you have to give him some level of credit. But like man, I know you lost Devontae Maddox, and that's a big deal. 
but guess what, dude? Like, you're not the only team in the NFL with injuries this season. And honestly, you've been way healthier, and you have like a billion Pro Bowlers on your defense. Like, freaking figure it out for once. Like, right. I, I, that's, it was the big criticism of him heading into the year and why I was like not loving the, oh, well, the defense will be better now that there's better talent. Yeah, but it better be because it's, that's not what it should be about. Good coaching is not just like the personnel department gives you a bunch of good players and now you have a good defense. No, like good coaching is you take the talent level you have and you exceed that. And Yeah, that's a point that you've been hammering all year and I thought that I was evident Keenan in does this that. game. I think he kind of just gives you what you have. And that's well, I mean, great coaching. I mean, I mean, the point where like Howie put the great defense yeah. on the field for him, and that's the reason that and they're successful that. as opposed that's, to anything that Gannon is doing. That's me saying that as someone who's not right. been the biggest Howie and Roseman proponent in the past. But I think it's true. I think the defense's improvement is more about the talent they have than anything amazing that Gannon is doing. It's, and then as soon as there's a player who's not good right. that's in there, the opposing right. offense is able to attack the crap out right. of them and have a ton of success with it. Exactly. That's, that's a sign of bad coaching. I, I think... I don't think Gannon needs to be like fired tomorrow. Again, I don't think there's anyone, or except for maybe D'Amico Ryan's, like any. I don't think there are many defensive coordinators in the NFL that fans are like, we love our DC. It's a, it's a position where I think they <laughs> they easily hate that. Yeah, guy. It's, <laughs> right. But like, man, it's just it's the the tough thing to parse with Gannon is it's a little bit to go back to the gaslighting theme. It's like gaslighting because you look at these numbers and everyone's like, well, he's not he's not a bad defensive coordinator because look at all these numbers. I'm like, okay. But what are the numbers against the good quarterbacks who you're going to be facing in the playoffs? Like, that's extremely irrelevant. Like, how's it going to look next time? And, you know, some people have thrown out the, the idea out there that, like, well, maybe Gannon wasn't trying to show everything that he might do against Dak in the playoffs. <laughs> and, like, man. Yeah, no, they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to win that game. Stop. They're trying to win that game. I mean, maybe I buy that, like, 1% or a little bit more than zero. But that's just, like, I don't know. That's weak to me. You should... You should be able to do better than a quarterback completing 24 of 24 for you in zone coverage. How do how does it get to that point? How do you get to a point where you're not like at like 18 out of 18 and be like, maybe we need to stop playing zone or we need to do something else. Because like, <laughs> right. I just don't, I don't know. It's, it's still a big question mark. It's a big question mark. Can this team hang? They showed a graphic during the game. I wasn't at the game. So I got to watch a game on TV for the first time in ever. And that Fox had a graphic up on the screen when they were when they were quote unquote only nineteen of nine. It was nineteen of nineteen for one hundred and ninety nine yards. I think that's insane. Uh, Dak that deserves some credit in there, but like that's also <laughs> I, I, quarterbacks can play amazing games and still in, like have incompletions. Yeah, and he didn't. So the rest of that game, they went five for five. He went five for five for one hundred and one yards, <laughs> and uh, and another. I think at that point he had two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So he had an, he went five for five for one on one and another touchdown against uh, zone coverage. Uh, the rest of the game, but like it was very evident to the announcers and you know all the you know the people working the game or whatever that like you know you and I can't see the whole field. Uh, we we don't know if, like on every play if it's man or zone or whatever. But uh, when you're there, you can and. Um, Again, like the announcers were well aware that their zone coverage was getting shredded all day. Uh, why wasn't why was not Jonathan Gannon aware of that himself? Um, this comes from, and if he was, why do you keep calling it? The stat comes from uh, at o oh, it's tip on Twitter. NFL all time teams that record six sacks and return an interception for a touchdown are two nineteen twelve and one. That's obviously what the Eagles accomplished on Saturday. Of those mm-hmm. teams. Only one team gave up more than 40 points, uh, and that was an overtime. Okay. This was the second highest completion ever, ever, 
allowed when recording six sacks and an interception touchdown. Like, it's just, man. I just, I don't know. I just, I feel like the Gannon, the Gannon, it's just tough. The Gannon thing is tough for me. I think, here's why. Again, because you get all those good numbers, and I don't think it's that he's bad, because I think, it, you know, it's it comes down to a lot of people like, he should be fired. He's bad. I don't think it's that simple. I think just the word is, like, kind of fraudulent in the sense that it's it's it's, like, better than the reality. It looks, the numbers look so much better than the reality does in right. the most meaningful situations, too, against good quarterbacks when it's going to matter the most. Like, so it's mm-hmm. just tough. It's a tough spot to be in because it's not as simple as he just sucks and you can get rid of him. It's like, no, there's some good things here, but how much of these good things matter most, I guess is the way to put it. And until he does it, it's going to be hard to believe. Like, that's that's probably what the biggest hindrance right now, you would think, to an Eagles Super Bowl. I think the injuries, to be clear, to talk about them from earlier, they do not, like, they don't, do, Lane Johnson getting hurt does not rule out the Eagles from winning the Super Bowl. It uh, obviously, un, like, unquestionably decreases their margin for error. That's absolutely true. It does not disqualify them, but it makes their margin for error a lot less. But, like, with Gannon, like, can you win the Super Bowl? Can you win the Super Bowl with a defensive coordinator who just gets destroyed by good quarterbacks? Like, can can that happen? You can get there if you get the right matchups, of course. I mean, they can win any game against anyone. They can beat any team in the league because their offense is awesome. So they can win shootouts, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then they can win a Super Bowl with but Jonathan can you Gannon, win, but like, I don't think they'll win a Super Bowl because like of that, Jonathan Gannon. You... They're not going to win a Super Bowl because of Jonathan Gannon. I mean, unless, I don't know, um, Luke Falk. One thing I will say about the defense, they did stop the run well uh, in the game. I thought Linval Joseph had a Zeke, really good game. Zeke was 16 for 55. He did have a touchdown, but averaged three, 3.4 yards per carry. Tony Pollard, um, who has been really good this year, he's in the Pro Bowl too, I think, right? Probably. Um, nine nine carries, 19 yards, uh, 2.1 yards per carry. So actually, in a weird way, on the one hand, that's good that they did that against the run. But on the other hand, it makes what they did on the back end even worse right. because they did make the Cowboys one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. They, like they did make them throw uh, on obvious passing downs, and they still converted anyway. Well, part of it's just because like it's it goes back to the ethos of the Gannon defense. It's just like wait, patience. It's just like it's just so hard to reconcile. <laughs> yeah. It's like this is your this is your what you want to do. You just want to sit back and eventually they're going to make a mistake. Like That's just not a plan. It's not a real plan. Like, like saying the opponent's going to make a mistake is not, you're just waiting. Like you're just, I'm just going to wait. And eventually they're going to screw up. Like that doesn't seem like a good strategy. Like you have to go out and force something at some point. I don't know. I felt like they did kind of attack early when Maddox was still in the game. Maddox That's had fair. a couple blitzes that got home, of course. That's fair. But then once he got out, then I think they, he went into kind of scared mode defensively but that's the thing like it's not just like i think some which, people will which be like, well, got them. hurt it's like guess what injuries happen you have to adjust you yeah have to figure it out make yeah. the make chicken salad out of chicken you know what yeah i mean don't actually do that it sounds disgusting but you know get the point make uh yeah don't actually eat chicken poop <laughs> make lemonade out of these lemons don't just sit there and Squirt them into your eye. I don't. I don't know what the metaphor is here. <laughs> you get the point. Like, give me like close enough. That's why I always stand up for Schwartz. If you look historically at what he did, 
if you look at like how the Eagles ranked in spending and where they were ranked in injuries, they always outperformed like where like if they were really banged up, it's not like he had the best defense in the league, but they were an above average. They were, they were better than they should have been is you can, you can mm-hmm. use enough evidence to support that. And with Cannon, I don't know. That's the case. I think he kind of just gives you again, more of what you have, which is, that's not, that's not interesting to me. And that's part of why the idea of him is this like, Oh wow. So it's an intriguing head coach in candidate. So that's like a farce. It's like, this is the guy. Like, this is like the, like, this is what you want to get a piece of. He's like so innovative and smart. And this is interesting to you. This is not interesting to me. This is like, right. It's a, it's just, it's like very middle of the road. It's mid as the, the Gen Z, the zoomers would say. <laughs> Oh, is that what the Zoomers? Yeah. Gen Z. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You're, uh, you're Gen boomers, X. But the Zoomers. I'm, uh, yeah. yeah. So are my parents. Yeah. Got young parents, relatively. A lot of people my age have boomer parents. <laughs> Shout out to all the boomers who listen. Yeah. <laughs> Not the Zoomers. Though. Sorry. Can't, can't advocate that. You know what's terrifying, Jimmy? What's that? The generation under the... Uh, generation Z is called Generation Alpha. So these like these young kids today, that's ter- I'm terrible. I don't want to live in that world. Generation Alpha, they're gonna like crush us all. Why? What's wrong with them? I mean, they're gonna, it's in the name. It is a cool name. They, why do they get a cool name? That's what I mean. Like, what the heck? I'm a millennial over here. I got Generation Alpha. It- <laughs> they're gonna run the world. It's my daughter. I'm gonna tell her that. Oh my I gosh! She, I wonder if she knows what she don't is. Don't tell yeah. her. Hmm. I can hear her stomping around out there. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, it's kind of silly because for as much as this game was frustrating, it just didn't matter. <laughs> it was in the sense of if the Eagles take care of business and they get one win out of their final two games, which is, all they need, obviously, there's the other scenarios where... Um, They're still in better position than any other team in the league yeah. in terms of where they are record-wise lost, and their chances of locking up one seeds and all that you know, all that stuff. They have lost the fewest amount of games in the NFL this year with just two. Yeah. Every team right. has at least three. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of silly in that regard. Um, and, again, I do think the Eagles will win this week. We'll get more into that into the preview podcast. Um, and mm-hmm. if they do, then... If they don't, then it's panic in the oh, city. Oh, for sure, a hundred percent. But even so, like, it's not—it's certainly panic. But it's like, okay, just beat the Giants, who you beat earlier. Not guaranteed, but you're at home. Yeah, you feel like decent chance you can do that. Still, it would not feel amazing to be in that spot. I agree. But even in like the worst case scenario, like you still have a chance to play for the one seed. Could be worse. So, um, yeah, get the one seed and then figure it out. I don't think. It's just weird because it's like I don't think this loss changes anything. It doesn't change how I feel about their ceiling or anything. The injuries, you know, are concerning. Again, the injuries, like, they're, they're right? Nothing the, about the, the injuries that like, resulted in the game. Yeah, I feel like more confident again that they can beat the Cowboys. I'll read to you the stat that I read from the game earlier in terms of like the time of the, the lead. If you take the mm-hmm. Eagles first, or the, if, so you, if you include the first game, if you take Eagle both the Eagles games against the Cowboys this year, the Eagles have led for eighty. Two minutes and six seconds of those. Six seconds of those. Mm-hmm. Cowboys have led for six minutes and thirty-nine seconds of those. Like they, have, the Eagles have clearly been the better team than the Cowboys by far and away. I just unless it, it's another game where the Eagles turn the ball over multiple times, which again, it's football, it can happen, but it's not something you go into the game like expecting or thinking like is going to happen. And then that's and that's yeah. crazy. Both of the, the Eagles have lost twice this year. They turned the ball over four times in both of them. Like, okay, 
if that's your biggest concern, then it's not great, but it's also like some of that's just bad luck. It's not just like they're the most turnover prone team in the league because they're not. All right. Have you had any uh, Cowboys fans like bothering you? Well, RJ, obviously, because I have to do a podcast. But I mean, like, uh, you know, like the DMs or whatever. People you don't know. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's always going to (laughs) happen. And, you know, whatever. If they want to talk trash then uh i had it's just gonna <laughs> it's gonna result in a scenario where they're gonna feel like that was very short-lived when the eagles knocked them out of the playoffs i had a guy uh just a couple hours before we started recording really he he has a, a, a gif of cd lamb and it's he said like how does that l taste <laughs> And I was like, well, I want them to win because I don't want to travel to road games uh, in the playoffs. The sooner they right. wrap that up and I can actually also take a rest from, you know, not covering the team, you know, super hardcore. If I can like just kind of skate for the next two weeks with, with through two meaningless games, it'd be great. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but thanks for checking in. Uh, and then like, he's like, blah, 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 blah. He's sending me all this, these screenshots, like Dak seven and one Dak, like holding a baby with the <sighs> Eagles logo over his face and all that kind of stuff. I just feel like I, I and it's, it's so short lived. This is so short lived. You're going to clinch the one seed probably. So, it's just like, so all, it's all like, that is, is like, you have to get it in while you can, because you're <laughs> that's exactly it. So hold on. Yeah. That's where I'm going with that. So like, uh, it was like, yeah, yeah. So I, I reply, I was responding to this person. I'm like, yeah, if they, if they want to run, that's great. And even if they lose in the playoffs, Hey, my off season gets underway a little earlier than, than, uh, than I was anticipating. That's all, you know, also not the worst thing either. So then, uh, I said, uh, you know, one of the seasons are all going to take a vacation because I have a life. I suggest you get one too. Wow, <laughs> like who has time to, Direct message of a per like I don't know. I've never heard of this person in my life before. I've, I didn't know this person existed, <laughs> and so and like I just went back in to to reread this. He blocked me. <laughs> I mean, that's just pathetic. He blocked me. Like, are you serious? <laughs> one of the I'm worst. Up the screen, like, one of the most cowardly. Like, oh yeah, nice. Uh, shout out to Connor <laughs> Bell. Uh, one of the most pathetic things I've ever seen in my life that sticks out in my memory is when Carmelo Anthony punched someone and then ran away in the Knicks game one time. It's the one that was like the one. I mean, I don't have the full context right of what happened, but I just remember as a kid seeing it where Carmelo punched someone and then ran away. That's the, that's the, that's awesome. That's the, what's the worst thing I've ever seen? What are you, are you kidding me? Yeah. You're a tough guy. Cause you very cowardly. He punched someone and then instantly just started like backing off. Like it's, that's terrible. It's crazy. <laughs> anyway, there was, uh, th- this reminds me a little bit of, um, the 2016 season, um, if you recall, they, you know, Dak and Zeke were rookies. Mm-hmm. They went oh. 13 and three, I think. And um, that off season, I had written the dumpster fire article, which I do for all the four, all four teams. But I had also like trashed their draft because remember in the draft, like they tried to get. Um, well, first of all, they would have drafted Carson Wentz yes. had the Eagles not traded up ahead yeah, of them. What a different time! Um, and then they, they then they tried to trade up for Paxton Lynch, and they couldn't get him because uh, Denver, I think, traded up ahead of them or whatever. Um, and then they tried to trade up for 
Connor Cook, I think it was, from Michigan State. He eventually landed with the Raiders, I think. And they ultimately like settled on Dak in the fourth round, which wound up being a, a you know a, a great pick uh in hindsight. But they kind of got their asses handed to him in that draft, and that teams kept maneuvering uh around them to get the quarterbacks that the Cowboys wanted uh ahead of Dak. Um, so, you know, I had given them a, a pretty, and also the idea of just drafting a, a running back at fourth overall, I was going to kill that obviously. So um, I blasted their draft. So they go 13 and three, they get the one seed somehow like this draft grade article from, you know, early May starts circulating around like Cowboys Twitter and, and whatever to the, to the point where Dave Campo, who was a former Cowboys head coach, was like all over me. <laughs> he had like a, he was like he was their head coach in like the early two thousands, I think, where when they were when that team was really bad, and his his head coaching record was also like really bad. Um, but anyway, he like amplified this draft article, so a lot like a lot of Cowboys fans follow him or whatever. So then they got really amplified at that point. I had people like emailing me, texting, or, you know, not texting, uh, tweeting at me, blah, 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 blah. That field goal sailed wide left. Or, I'm sorry, that field goal went through. It looked like it was going to go wide left. Mason Crosby, the Packers in the playoffs that year, went through. I responded to every single Cowboys fan that annoyed me throughout the week about that draft article. <laughs> and it was very fun. And it took me about, like, two hours to respond to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was one of the most satisfying things I've ever done. So I think there's a lesson to be learned in what you're saying. I yeah, keep all these receipts, keep the receipts, as Robert Sala might don't, say. Don't spike the ball at the one. Keep, keep these receipts from these Cowboys hands, <laughs> and just uh, yeah, remember that again when the Eagles. Because I think I think we are, I think we're headed for a three match three match, if you will, um, the third battle. Yeah, the, the I got rubber you. match. I guess you would call it right. That's what I remember. Yeah, I mean, they're the five seed, and they're almost certainly going to beat the Buccaneers or the Panthers, whoever well, wins the NFC they South. They have never beaten Tom Brady. And, yeah, they're going to beat that. The team's terrible. I agree it's likely, but not a guarantee. And then uh, the other games are going to be – I mean, the Giants are going to get in. They're probably going to play the 49ers, and the 49ers will spank them. And uh, Vikings. the other team will be either the Commanders, Seahawks – or Packers, maybe yeah, Lions, one of those four teams. A little scary. And then they'll play the Vikings. So if the, maybe the Vikings lose in the first round, entirely possible. And uh, the the Eagles get whoever the seven seed is. I think that's Rodgers and Philly. That'd be a little, uh. <laughs> a little dicey yeah, there. I mean, you don't want to see him in the playoffs. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah, especially compared to like Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke or. Gino at this point or right. off. Yeah. I would take my chances with those guys over Rogers. Yeah, no doubt. No um, doubt. so yeah, we'll see. Especially in the cold. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. All right. This has been BGN radio two ninety nine. We talked about getting Tommy Lawler on for the preview, but I don't know if we're going to do that. That doesn't really make sense to use him to me. I think we save him for the playoffs. I don't know about the saints preview. It's less, I think that's right. Not, yeah. It's not enough juice. Um, but we will preview the saints matchup later this week. Follow me on Twitter. And Instagram at Brandon Gowton, Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter, Instagram at Jimmy Kemsky. Check out rightsselling.com for a limited time only remaining only days, only hours left 
for you to get 20% off by using discount code BGN20 at righttoselling.com for 20% off your order. Check out Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors by going to RoachRealtors.com or calling or texting this phone number. 856-906-9295. We will be back with you in a couple days. Goodbye, everybody. BGN.